0: Welcome to Raising Your Spirits. Our hope is to help you make positive changes by providing guided messages from spirit. Tuning forks, crystals, and distance healing are how we pass those messages from spirit to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your vibrational growth with us. Your host for this version of Raising Your Spirits, Tony Ginnis. Today's topic is about focus. Focus. You know, about 30 years ago, there was no such thing as multitasking, the word multitasking. It never existed 30 years ago, because I I remember in the late 80s where we were doing many things and uh, the computer was sort of a thing at the time, but it wasn't that prevalent. There was still a lot of times that we could do things and there was still time for us. As we started to get into 1995 and beyond, that's when Windows 95 came out, it bewildered the world. The world was bewildered. The word multitasking was something that came upon because we had so many things to do. We had like five things in our head that we were doing at the same time. From after 1995, the world became much more complicated. Phones were starting to come out, iPads, uh, the iPod... And the things happening at work. Then there was Y2K, which was a, which was a big thing in the, in the early 2000s. Uh, and since then, we came up with this word multitasking. And what it is, first of all, there's no such thing as the mind doing the same thing at the same time. In other words, you might be able to do it very quickly, be able to send out an email and do other things, but you are doing it one at a time. It's just that it's so fast, it seems that it it just keeps running and you can bounce back and forth because our mind is now conditioned that way. And even kids that are coming in, they're also conditioned to do the same. Could you imagine giving an iPhone to a child that was born in 1950? They would have no clue how to use it and they'd get frustrated and just go play outside. Because what happens is, when we start using these devices, our circuitry, our DNA starts to change a little bit. We start to have more neurons in our brain and things just start happening. So when we have children, the children come in with that. So they're already wired and they've already got a bit of a head start. That's why when you want to get something done on your computer, give it to a child. <laughs> Sometimes they can fix it or they can get past it. Like my little guy, he can just go all around the places. He knows how to get into YouTube and watch the movies and so on because that's the way that we were conditioning our lives and that's how people come in. Isn't it nice though, but with all this going on right now, isn't it nice when you finally get an opportunity to talk to somebody? And this is after COVID, after the meetings We've had to have on Zoom and this kind of thing, that you're talking to somebody and they have your full attention. Like they're talking away and they're not like waiting to see when their turn is. They're asking questions like, well, what did you do then? And what happens after that? So they're not waiting for their turn. They're actually involved and engaged in what you're saying. Do you feel heard that way? Simon Sinek, he's a great theorist on the internet, and he's got over a million followers. I I just love his stuff. And at one point, he said, focus on their story. And even if there's a large bang in the background, never let your eyes leave your friend. Because meditation is a great practice because it conditions us to focus on one thing at a time. So he really sees a lot of benefit in meditation. And when people say I have a really hard time meditating, it's not because they can't. It's just that they their focus is not there. As humans, we have the reason for all of this that so we can't focus, and we have become actually distracting machines. Everything distracts us. Our emotions distract us. The things we have to do distract us. Our thoughts. Then all of a sudden our desires come in. We have to get our dreams into play. We can be focused on one thing and something else comes in because there's no boundaries. We're at a point now where people say that if you want to manifest something, think about it and feel it and get your head involved. So your most dominant thought is that. But the misconception is we think we have to do this all the time. We always have to think of our dreams. No. In fact, one of the most powerful dreams are listing, let's say, 101 things you would like in your life. Let's say you did this in your 20s. You listed 101 things. Things like, want to get married, want to meet somebody really positive and very compatible to me. I want to have kids, I want to have a certain kind of car, I want to have a certain kind of house. And let's say you write down 101 dreams, and then you put it away and you lose it for 20 years. Then you're going through some of your paperwork, and you find this list 20, 30 years later. And then you go through each one, and I would be very surprised. And I've, in fact, I haven't seen it yet, that everything on that list you have. And you never saw it. You wrote it down once, you put it away, and you lost it. So it isn't about focusing on it all the time. Because that's a distraction. And a distraction, as we talked about a little bit in last week, is sort of a—it's an energy killer. Anything that comes in on the thought that you already have, you have to separate yourself or detach yourself from whatever energy it is. Because you don't want to be part of it. You write it down and leave it alone. Let the energies work on that. But all this lack of attention... Sometimes when people come in and clients come in, they actually start blaming themselves. Oh yeah, Tony, I should have done this. I should have started working out earlier in my life, or I should have started maybe having children earlier in my life, or I should have started. And they all these things about, because I was just, you know, focused on one place in my life and I realized that that's not the way to go. It isn't about the lack of focus. It's about since you were born, from cradle to where you are today, you've been conditioned to exactly have short-term attention. Our entire economy, everything, is based on short-term attention. Just look at the replays that we do, even in sports. It's only like 10 seconds. Boom. It goes back. And if you look at Instagram, it's no more than a minute minute, maybe 75 seconds. Uh, Instead of sitting down and watching a 30-minute video, nobody does that anymore. They can't even hold their attention for the 30 seconds or 60 seconds, and they, they keep scrolling through it. We have been conditioned on purpose to be like that. And why is that? Well, because if it isn't our cell phones or our iPads or if it isn't the casinos and social media, uh, the fighting uh, events that happen, or all the puppies that we can see and the kittens and so on, if it isn't for all of those distractions, they are the point where we, we become so busy, so saturated with thought, that there's no time for you. That's the main premise. Because look at it this way. If you carve out you intentionally carve out time for yourself that I'm going to do this. I'm going to find out who I am and you'll find the code. They say they all talk about cracking your own code. You're finding out who you are because if you find out who you are and you realize that there's so many people that are in your head that you can't get out of there and you realize this isn't even me, all the opinions and thoughts that I have are what other people have told me. But I don't even know who I am. Why am I even holding on to their thought patterns if it might not even be me? When people realize that and actually do find out who they are, then you can then help somebody else find out who they are. But here's the misconception again in this part of it. Because we're always looking for who we are. That's one of the biggest questions people ask. Who am I? What am I here to do? So they're looking for like a password. Like, how do I get into this safe with a password? And there I am inside there. And Spirit says it's not like that. Because if you went to, let's say, a, um, a safety vault class, they teach you how to open a safe safe. When somebody calls you and they don't have the password or the combination, you got to get in. So you got to get in without the password or the combination. And it's all about understanding the tumblers inside the workings of that lock to be able to hear and be sensitive. Okay, that's when that comes over. Now there's a bit of a click. Okay, now I got to go in the other direction. You're not even looking at the numbers. You can do it almost blind and open the save. And he said, how did you do that? We didn't even have the code and you opened it even without looking at the numbers. And it's life is about that. When you find your code, the other person will not be able to use that same co- number or combination patterns. They have to also find out what their tumblers inside are doing. And it's going to be vastly different. Every single person on this planet has different tumblers, if we use that example. And so they have to be quiet. If you notice how they open a lock in a combination, you know, there's not a lot of radios going on. Everything is just, you turn everything off. I got to hear what's happening as I'm turning, right? I have to hear it. It's like that for you. When you calm yourself down and you are quiet in that peaceful moment and you ask, What do I need to do next? And you're following. It all has to do with there's a certain combination of things that happen to line up that opens the door. Once you have your door open, what it means in life is that you finally find out your self love, how powerful you are, you see your light. This is the light that I see with people. I see this right away. So it's almost like I don't know how to get into your safe, but I know what's inside is amazing. I got an email from somebody last night and he says, "Tony, I really appreciate you doing all this for me and I and, and I could see so many things aligning up and so on." And I said, "Okay, well this is the light that I saw. I'm just so happy that now you can see it because you're starting to open that door." If you've ever seen a child, and I was looking at uh, just random videos and Spirit brought me onto this one site where it said babies that could not see, that their eyesight was so off and distorted that they could never see their mother. And some of these kids were like a year old or two years old or four years old, never saw their mother because everything was so out of focus then they get these special glasses and the wonderment that they could just see the mother for the first time clearly. That's how you (laughs) look at yourself when you finally find out who you are because you don't believe it. You don't realize, wow, that can't be me. That can't be me. And so that's that wonderment that we talk about. Our distractions are so ingrained We just had a power outage uh, in this area. So those of you that are in the States, in Ottawa here, we had a power outage recently and there was no power. So the fridge was off, the TV was off. Uh, I got calls from family members that they couldn't uh, watch anything. So it was dead silence. And we are so conditioned to be distracted that now when there's no power, we get upset. We get upset because now we are forced to be by yourself and how comfortable are you being by yourself there's no fridge going on there's no tv there's no radio you may, might have your phone but you you know you probably won't want to use it too much because without power you're not able to charge it so you're going to be on your phone sparingly but what is it like of the time that you were without power and you just had to be in that silence? Did you have a board game? Did you play with the kids in different ways? Stanford University came up with three types of distractions that we have in our life. The first one is hijacking, where you are in front of a person, let's say you're looking at A, and you're focusing on A, focusing on A, and then B walks by and captures or hijacks your attention, and then you start looking at B. This sometimes will happen when you're on, let's say, a blind date, and you're looking at one person, and then a a beautiful woman walks by, and now that person has that attention or or another guy walks by and has that attention. So that's hijacking. The second one is aimlessness. Aimlessness is when you know you should be focusing on A, but you're looking at B, maybe C, D, and Z. And this will sometimes happen when, let's say, you go to a meeting, a Zoom meeting, and somebody's presenting a part of their business or someone's presenting, let's say, an educational moment. And while they're presenting, you're watching the ball game, or you're listening to something else on mute or you're on the phone. And sometimes they don't even make it so that it's not even obvious. You can actually see them on the phone talking to somebody while someone else is presenting that's aimlessness. They just don't really have that focus. The third one is probably the worst in the sense that their focus is so bad that they can't really focus on anything unless it's shiny. (laughs) It's just that they're not focused on A or not focused on B, just whatever's in the room. Whenever we're looking for our spiritual connection, you can call it spiritual oneness, or you can call it self knowledge or self love, whatever it is. But you know, you've attained this level of awareness of yourself, and you know who you are. And there's two kinds of people that will attain that. The first person is the one that starts to really see that everything that used to be in their head was the thoughts of others. A coach that says, You can't throw a ball. Or a teacher that says you're not good in math. Or a sibling could could say, I mean, you you can't run or or whatever it is. And you've had that thought in your mind for decades after that. Sometimes these are the thoughts that are in us based on the opinions and comments of others. They only said it for like four or five seconds. But we'll replay it 10,000 times in our head. And if we can't run... What that equates to is you can't run a business. You can't keep a relationship. You can't hold on to a job, right? And it it just keeps going. I just can't do something. When we start realizing that's just the thoughts of others, and you are able to detach yourself from that, like we worked on last week, you see that, oh, yeah, yeah, that's totally not me. And I, I says, okay, detach me. Get me out of there. So I don't feel that it has nothing to do with me. The comment wasn't me. It was the limitations that other people saw in themselves, and they saw me, and they said, oh, this is what you got. Well, I'm sorry, that's, that's, that's not really fair, seeing me for a few seconds and coming up with a comment like that. The second person that would find their spiritual oneness like that is a person that, let's say, reads is a voracious reader. They'll read all the science books and all the the written comments about how the universe should work or is working uh, in scriptures and so on, and finally find out that they don't know anything. <laughs> because we're trying to figure something out. Somebody once said that as soon as we stop solving decoding theorizing scrutinizing our path the mysteries of life it doesn't matter what they are if you try and find out why are all those things are there instead of just being on that path and just working and living in the mystery cuz animals do this all the time animals don't have to figure out where the river's coming from or where the river's going, they they see salmon. They see fish. Okay, there it is. They don't realize, gee, what would be the odds of having all that salmon? That meat? you know, like, they don't do that. But humans do that all the time. They're always looking for a reason for life, rather than just saying, hey, it's a mystery. Let's live in the mystery. And it's so much easier So, just to kind of illustrate this a little bit more, let's say a person with a canoe comes to a river, and it's a pretty fast-moving river, okay? Nothing dangerous, but it moves pretty good. In this analogy, he would say, let's say it's a 100-mile river, and he can only see like 500 meters or 500 yards away, right? And he says, yeah, I wonder where that, you you have no idea. Where is this river going? How deep is this river? But a person with a canoe, they don't care. They just put the canoe in the water, and they don't even have to paddle, because the water is moving. There's a flow. You're in that flow. And all you need to do is steer. But in life, we want to go opposite way, because we are build up our strength, build up our tenacity, and it does do that. But in the end, No matter what happens, you want to be at the end of this river. Because that's where everything is. Whenever you're flowing to something, that's where you want to be. So in life, don't figure anything out. Just say, okay, I don't understand it. And it's okay. Because I have no idea how a watch works. But I can certainly tell time. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay not knowing. In this meditation that we're going to do, now, this is Good Friday. Now, Spirit wanted me to uh, bring in this level, because this is where focus is very applicable. And I don't mean to sound religious here, but uh, on this day, Good Friday, Jesus was crucified. And in the writings of that time, there were crickets around that event. And since then, crickets have had this, and they call it the, the, the Song of God a while back, we had created a meditation that contained crickets in it. It was a very soothing uh, meditation, and we incorporated it with tuning forks and so on. At the same time, I've been told that there were bees also around Jesus around that time. And since then, bees have had this ability when they are flapping their wings. The crickets use their legs, but their bees flap their wings. And in doing that, they have this calming effect, this beautiful calming effect. Now, since I was getting this, I was reading more up on bees and beekeepers and so on. And then I found out something very interesting, that beekeepers have the longest longevity of any profession. I never knew that. Because when they're working with the bees, their vibration, frequency, resonance, they're with them all the time, and they calm right down. That's why they don't bite. You know, when you have hornets and so on, there's that fear, then you get bitten. Actual bees, the honeybees, they're very calming. They don't mind you there, and that's why you could put bees all over your hands, and they don't bite, because they're very calming. The resonance itself and the frequency, I was more focused on. Scientists say, well, it's in the key of C. So I look that up and I said, it's not quite C, it's around C. But that C area is the exact point and it has a number in there. In other words, if you look at the profession of converting the hydroglyphics and converting old scriptures to English that we can understand, that process is called gematria. In doing that, there is a symbol, a letter, and a number that's associated with everything, all the elements, like potassium, uranium, all these elements of solids have a number, and they have a letter. When they did that same conversion and translation in the scriptures, the same series of numbers kept coming up again and again and again. And when I was looking at the bees, one of the first things I got when I was working on the uh, the crickets was, okay, how long does this video have to be? And I was told it's all ones. So that's why it was 1100 and 11 seconds for it. And I said, okay, well, how long does this one have to be? I didn't get an answer right away, and it came up as 1, 5, 6, 3. When I looked that up in all the scriptures, the direct meaning, when you take the number and translate it to the letter, the direct meaning is God eternal within the body. That's what it means, the 1, 5, six, 3, and that came up again and again in this number system. So I said, oh, okay. And So what does that have to do with bees? Because at the time, people were focused on this one event, and they were so focused at it that the bees captured that event. I mean, when somebody dies, that is very important to humanity. It was a huge focus. They weren't thinking of anything else but this event. And so the bees captured that energy. These numbers came up. When I looked at it, I says, okay, 1,563 seconds. Oh, gee, how long is that? And it's 26 minutes and 3 seconds, anyway. But the numbers itself were very important. And so they guided me of how to create this. I just did this a couple of days ago, and it, it's been amazing. If you have headphones, that is really good. You're going to find it very helpful because as I took the sound or the volume of bees And I toned it right down because the sound in some ways is fearful because it isn't the sound directly that is important. It's the frequency. The volume and frequency are two different things. So I was able to turn the volume of the bees down and make it sort of a background. And then I put in extra music and things to to sort of do that. But you will hear the bees in the background from start to finish. Okay? In doing that, I want you to take this opportunity to choose one thing you want to focus on. Focus on your body. Focus on your breathing. Feel your heart. See if you can feel your heartbeat. Throughout the 26 minutes, feel your heartbeat. And then just go through and find out how your body is reacting to these frequencies. Any twitches, like when your hand goes up or when your feet all of a sudden goes up, It's an energy that you've kicked off. It's coming out of yourself. And just focus on your body. Focus on your breathing. Focus on if your body temperature is going up, if you're getting colder, if you're becoming more what I call a spacey head in this altered state. Just keep focusing on your body. Most people have a really hard time focusing on more than nine seconds. In any particular thing, because we are so trained to be distracted. Focus is a big thing, but this energy is totally pro focus. So when you focus on your body, it will be easier for you. Okay, that's why I say if you have headphones or an earbuds or something, that's, I find, is better because it goes right in there. And you you could adjust your volume so it's not gonna be too loud and that kind of thing. I want you to take a nice deep breath. This will be a nice practice. If you are the type of person gets easily distracted, you will really like this. All right. Good luck. And we'll see you in about 26 minutes. All right. Enjoy.
1: Please forgive me.
0: Thank you for listening to Raising Your Spirits. If there is a subject you would like to hear in a future podcast or would like to book a session with Tony, reach out to his Facebook group at Janice Shields Natural Healing Center or group tuning classes with Tony on his online virtual weekly classes. The YouTube channel is Suzanne and Tony 17. That's Suzanne and Tony all one word and the number 17. And the website is lovehigherself.com.